Yeah, I'm teaching storyboarding to filmmakers and producer and producing students. So yeah, they um, they need a lot of reasons to make things. <laughs> so yeah. unlike art, unlike art classes, I guess they yeah. um, they need to know like why and where and how many inches and how many feet. You know, they're really technical. Mm-hmm. Funny. Um, it's funny. Like, yeah, I was thinking. I was remembering that you told me that you did that a little bit and I was thinking about like I sometimes dabble in comic stuff for like I used to teach video more so I would and even actually just in terms of framing sometimes I talk about the language of film in my design class but um yeah I'm curious like since a lot of your work takes the form of like comic Mm -hmm. like tropes I wondered Mm -hmm. if you like had a background in filmmaking or if you always or when that started to kind of come into your work Uh, yeah it was well I had I had started um studying linguistics um around the same time as I was getting interested in kink and Mm -hmm. so I was thinking a lot about narrative or how words are ordered and this is a weird, weird roundabout way of, of going through this, but um, I had started writing short stories, short erotic stories about impact play or kind of like making fun of it at the same time, you know, when you begin something that you're, you know, I'm not a writer. So yeah. when I started writing, I was like, oh, I have to do this, you know, kind of in a joking way. And friends of mine were really interested in it. And I read some short stories of kink that I thought were terribly written. And I thought like, oh, I'll I'll at least be better than that. And that turned into me being interested in, well, first having to use words to describe impact, Mm. to describe action slowly. And, um, And then the images came where I really enjoyed visualizing what the body was going through and how the flesh moved. And then, you know, the idea of like futurism having done that. And I thought it was a really interesting play around with like, fascism or destruction and then pleasure being tied into that right so like tied up with like watching the body move and slowing that Mm -hmm. down Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's so interesting I feel like there's so many tendrils in there that I want to talk about like I was remembering I read some somewhere too that you were work you were writing under a pseudonym for a while too which I thought was cool (laughs) yeah Yeah. um but yeah like to trans like I was well just looking at porn sometimes Mm -hmm. like seems like it could be really easy to actually improve upon porn because it's (laughs) usually made in such a like cliche way like Mm -hmm. and it would be so interesting I mean I mean I'm like yeah I don't know if you would consider your work like if you want your work to serve that purpose on some level but I was looking up some porn and just thinking about how how it would be so much more interesting if there was like a real human element or I don't know it just seems like there's a lot of room for it to be much more erotic and to have more like artistry to it or something I think so (laughs) there well the tropes I think I think the newer I don't know. It's, it's, that's something, that's something I pay attention to also. Like if I look at, um, I guess 
a lot of porn has a story, like an assumed story yeah. that we attach to the tropes of porn that we've mm-hmm. known for decades. And then there's like, I think the kink versions of that or those the kink stories, the idea of like needing a reason mm-hmm. uh, to receive right. some kind of punishment. And that was really interesting to me, like why would there need to be a reason, right? So a lot of mm. the a lot of the force and like the complete exaggerated repercussions of something that was non-existent. I, I just like the idea of like maximum consequence for minimum infraction. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so. like, yeah. When I'm thinking of some of the images, I was just looking at like it feels like you kind of don't really give much context to why this is happening or even who's doing it. Like it feels Mm -hmm. like the focus is really on the woman and her body and how it's being like punished or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't, we have no idea why kind of. Yeah. And I think like I, I made the assumption, but I don't know if it's true or not. I, I, I got feedback from my first show of that work, like I had been making work and showing it for a while. And then I changed the direction of the work. And it's, this is so much closer to where I am personally and what my personal interests are, like in terms of what I think art, what what I think the figure should be doing in my work. And, and if there's going to be a body in my work, it's going to be moving. It's going to be amplified somehow. And um, I think, I assumed that the artistry and the passion and the whatever you want to call it behind like my hand and the skill, I, I, I assumed that that would be something that was present or conscious when people were looking at the work. So my, my ideal reading is like, yes, the body is being hit by some character or some force in the work, but I'm the one mm-hmm. drawing it. And so I don't, I, I was hoping that that touch would be the thing in question, like the artist touch, the artist hand, like where, where am I there? Like I'm the one who wants to see the folds of fabric, the folds of flesh, the, the breasts be totally torn apart. And those other players are somehow there for the question of like, why or who? Right. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, that you're, you are ultimately in control actually as the creator of it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it also makes it a bit more abstract. I think like it takes it into a place that it's not pure. Like you're referring to narrative, but it it kind of defies narrative too, and makes it a bit more like existential or something. Like mm-hmm. you sent me this text about your recent Never Enough publication, and I was like reading it and thinking about like, I mean, I I don't know. Calvino's work very well I think I read one thing a long time ago but what I was getting out of it was like kind of being out of control in a certain way but also being stronger than you think you are and kind of like testing your limits Mm -hmm. in your body yeah 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 um I think that that book that uh publication was certainly trying to isolate that more. Uh, whereas the previous, the heavy penalties one was definitely implying that there was a, con- that something had been done. Right. Mm-hmm. And so these women were like at the hands of the, of the characters that were in the, in the drawings. But for this one, I, yeah, I did intend for it to be more like it's, 
it's it's happening to the flesh, but it's also inner. And the idea of there being this like um, never ending desire for that to be to be destroyed constantly, mm. um, as maybe like the idea for like the destruction to occur, or maybe just the moment before or the moment after, but there not to be like a final like mm-hmm. ending to the body, for example. Mm-hmm. And then for these like machines or weird worlds or forces to be something that is completely abstract. A lot of people described it as like, oh, it's science fiction. But I think what they mean is that it's um, not of the world we're living in, perhaps like yeah. weird objects, you know. So right. yeah, I think it is exist- like it could be existential. And, and Calvino talks about the void in these short stories where he's describing um, he's he's putting kind of a, a comical narrative on principles of physics. And so he takes these principles of physics in this book and then writes a really humorous but incredibly deep and compelling story for each one of those. Um, and the one that I'm referring to in the quote in the book is these folks are falling and falling and falling forever, mm-hmm. you know, and yet they're having a relationship and they don't know where their bodies are going to end up but all of those human desires still exist. And I like the idea of the character Never Never Enough undergoing all of these ridiculous, and for me, sexy kind of impacts, but also having this human experience of, I am a body and what do I desire right now? And your brain being in there at the same time as you're experiencing this physical sensation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it makes me, when you talk about it, yeah, I was thinking, kind of about like a kink version of the matrix or something like that (laughs) but but then as you were talking about I was thinking about like it almost has a kind of spiritual quality of like transcending the flesh while also being very in it or I don't know have you ever well we won't be personal but (laughs) if no let's take it personal I mean I I'm not, I'm not into kink per se, but I think I'm, I'm interested in like power dynamics, definitely yeah. and submission and domination, I would right. say. but not in a, not in a kink way per se, but I'm very interested in, I'm very interested in your experience of it and like the psychology of it. I don't know. I have a lot of questions about Yeah. It. <laughs> well, uh, I think what you, the idea of being this idea of wanting to be or desire to be destroyed seems final, right? Mm-hmm. But it but it gets the point across, right? And so what you said is exactly right. It's like complete submission. Mm-hmm. And physically, when I've been in it impacted really hard, and, and and anyone who has, I'm of course speaking of it consensually. Yeah. Um, but of course people who experience it non-consensually or the times in my life that I have or anyone has those it's not submission is really not on your list of desires at that point but when you do it but in kink it is it's a goal it's like a place it's a location that you want to go to Mm -hmm. and it is like um that I think people get there spiritually in all kinds of ways, right? Through mm-hmm. meditation, through um, extreme ex- like athletic experiences. I'm a runner also, and I know like when I get that runner, I get runners high. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a myth, by the way. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so this idea of submitting to the propulsion of your body through space, but then in a situation where your body is being impacted or you're being physically dominated, and allowing yourself 
to be, it is a complete release. I think similar to what people experience and or what I've experienced also in meditation. I haven't gone that far in meditation yet. I kink yeah. for me is the best way to get there. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um well when did you when did you notice about yourself that you were interested in that? Was it like something you always kind of saw or or did it come kind of slowly over time? I think not in the form I think only in like more recently has that has the actual like I think I looked at it as a cliche for a long time even though I genuinely like put myself in like you know um a lot of people do this like if you put yourself in like physically demanding circumstances let's say um voluntarily uh and so I think that sexuality once you let yourself connect all the dots of your sexuality to um your power dynamics in life, um, and then understand that through organizing that and like letting yourself really fully embody it like a performer in a way. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that physical experience for me anyway, has been like a very present, not just concept in my work, but like a personal, like a, a place I personally want to be. So, so in the drawings and the paintings, I think people have asked me, you know, or actually they haven't really asked me directly. They have come to me with their desires. Not, not that I, not that I should fulfill them, but they come and tell me like what they're into and their right. curiosity. So I feel like it's been a really, particularly with the paintings, um, people have come and been like, well, you know, and then they go on to explain a desire they had. And so I love that, that I didn't think it was possible for painting to do that anymore. But when mm. people came and were really connecting physically to the women and the and men, women, whoever, all kinds of people of all ages um, were interested in discussing their own body with me. I thought that was like a really interesting response. You know, yeah. it, it happened more than like, it happens a lot actually. So, That's so interesting. I mean, yeah. it makes sense to me because I think you are revealing something maybe that, is not necessarily spoken about and you're kind of giving people permission to maybe say maybe, what they're yeah. into, I think. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So there's, oh, I was, and I remember what I was thinking about before, just like there's a lot of, it feels like it re requires a lot of trust and intimacy actually to allow yourself to be dominated. Like if you, yeah. in a consensual way, like it's actually a lot of trust happening. Yes, that's for sure. That's for sure. And I think that making, I think that I realized also that the words that I was always, put, like I, uh, my standards for art making, like, you know, and in grad school, um, John Baldessari would be like, what are your 10 commandments? You know, it's a super Christian masculine way of yeah. saying it, but he got to the point, right? Like, what are your, what are your real, what are the mm -hmm. things you really love in art and what do you want your work to do? And obviously it's, you know, it's a long time ago. It's, you know, 16 years ago that I was in grad school, but it, for me, I realized one of my, one of my main points is to, or, or what I have, have as a goal for maybe everyone's work is that you you want to have that complete trust in the viewer mm -hmm. so you're willing to risk whatever it, you need to in order to develop that relationship you know yeah. so i feel like i'm not 
I'm, I'm a, usually I'm a pretty private person and I don't like, I'm not telling people all about my life all the time, but here, like with you talking about the work or making a show or make putting the book together, I feel completely fearless. And I don't mm-hmm. know why, but I'm, I think I was pro programmed, let's say early by um, my professors at NYU actually, who were mm-hmm. really like, go where it's completely embarrassing. And I thought mm-hmm. logically like, no, I don't know what's embarrassing. What's embarrassing? And then only later in my 40s did I realize like, oh, this is what it means to take a risk. So I feel like for yeah. me, it's been doing that. Totally. I relate to that a lot. Like wanting to, like, I feel like, yeah, if you're, if you're feeling embarrassed, I think that's a good sign. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, was it kind of like a coming out of doing this work? Like, I remember seeing your show in 2016 at Hester. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was, was that, was that the first showing of this kind of work? Yes. Yeah. It was. yeah. Okay. Because it felt like fully formed at that point also, I would say. Like, I mean, I think I was learning about your work around that time. I can't remember exactly, but it felt like... I felt when I saw it, like you'd been doing this forever, kind of, or I don't know. I feel like that. That's really interesting that you say it. I, when I made this, the work, I, you know, um, someone, uh, a friend of mine had referred me to um, Alex um, Ross, who was running Hester. And um, when he called to ask me if I wanted to do a project, um, I said, you know, he had seen other work. And I said, you know, I'd, I do want to do a project with you, but on this condition that I only show this new stuff. And mm-hmm. he, I think that was not, according to him later on, he he hadn't, you know, really shown work with that kind of content before. So I really, I mean, I appreciate him taking the, the chance to be like, okay, here's this lady. And yeah. <laughs> she's making work with the body this way. And so he was, he was really supportive of it. Mm-hmm. And that work was like more even... I don't know, like there was a lot of women being slapped in that show, which yeah. reminds me of like film or like bad TV or something more than like kink per mm-hmm. se or something, but which was interesting. Also, I mean, I think there's maybe like, well, I think there's a lot of humor in the work too, which is which is like maybe unexpected too for this kind of subject matter. Mm-hmm. Where do you see humor? I'm curious. I think in the, well, in the over-exaggeration of the bodies, I think, and the kind of, yeah, like the motion and, and like, um, just the over-the-topness of it, I think. I mean, mm-hmm. I actually don't think the, the most recent publication that you sent me images from, that one actually didn't strike me as funny so much, but, and I wouldn't say it's funny per se, but like just in the over the topness of it, like there was like one I was looking at, it was a woman like kind of with a huge ass and she's like falling in the mud and stuff. And I don't know, just the, it's a little tragic comic or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The humiliation part I think is not in the new, um, publication, but in previous work and um, work coming, I, I mean, that's definitely um, uh, something that's been a, 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 like a hotter button to press lately. Like I, mm. uh, when I, I showed a lot in 2019 and mostly in Europe and in those places, 
you know, they definitely were more interested in the existential aspects of the work, but, and the existential aspects of humiliation, like what that does to what, to someone. Mm. Whereas in the American context, it was all about like, oh, you're, this is slippery, like meets post me too, and all that stuff. And, um, I had done that first show though at Hester beforehand, just to say, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, but it was, it was like, I don't know if it was unfortunate or fortunate, or I was tuning into something, but um, the idea of humiliation um, is, I mean, he, anyone, any, any one of us has been humiliated, I expect. And I don't know whether people really want to focus on those moments, but I love to slow that down. And I think painting is the best way for me to talk about this stuff and in drawing because you have to look at it. You know, you have mm-hmm. to go from inch to inch. You can't speed through it. Yes, it's a durational action, mm-hmm. but comic or the, the format of cells on one page and being forced to see it all at once, I think it releases you of looking at a single image, but it also forces you to look at one thing that you need to contend with in, from different angles. Yeah. So that's I, also part of the over the top, I think. Yeah. And then when you were when you were saying that I was thinking about like slapstick kind of, you know, like that involves a lot of like people getting hurt actually, or yeah. like jackass even or something. Like <laughs> there's something I haven't really seen that in a long time. Yeah, neither <laughs> have I. And I don't think I didn't actually like it that much, but I <laughs> like or even like Benny Hill or something, there's always like women kind of being like chased and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, humor is in it. Humor is definitely, I mean, I don't, I mean, even if you're in like a, a, um, a kink play situation, I mean, you can, who cannot laugh at it's because it is ridiculous. Right. It's a ridiculous situation. And so this, I, this, this combination, something important to me, obviously we're talking about it has been like what happens in the moment where like, I don't know, something sexy, something funny, and something violent all come together. It's in a lot of things in our culture, especially entertainment. But yeah. I think that, you know, forcing that to happen or forcing yourself to to look at it is, I don't know, I guess, fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, yeah, part of what makes your work fascinating is that it has, and part of maybe what makes sex fascinating even is like, it's not like, black and white like it's very complicated and there's lots of different feelings that are kind of all wrapped together and I don't know I'm feeling feeling into that more recently in my own life and um yeah like actually and to go back to the me too thing I was I want to say just like I posted that I was going to interview you and like lots of people were like, oh, I'm so excited. Like, (laughs) so there's a lot of people that are into this and like the transgression of it or whatever. But then um, I I do remember when we spoke at my opening like a year ago, you were mentioning how someone had said like, oh, like no one's going to show this work or something like that. And I was remembering that and how annoying that is I think like I feel like we're in this very like moralizing time and I think it's really bad for art and I'm yeah curious what you think about that yeah it's definitely uh, luckily it's it was um luckily I had people in your like Germany and Switzerland mostly um and England who were like 
not as, I mean, it was culturally separate, um, even though they had their own versions of that. I think that obviously it's, it's a completely different social context. And yeah. so I was able to see the work very, I, uh, and I do say, I mean, luckily, because it was just serendipitous that uh, a gallery in, in Cologne was interested in showing it. And she also was willing to take the risk of, you know, presenting it to people in a large scale. I had a solo booth at Freeze London and people were not against it. So I, it was really yeah. interesting to, to experience these two completely polar responses. And my show in 2018 here, it wasn't poorly received. It was just totally ignored by mm -hmm. press, let me say. Not mm -hmm. other, a lot of artists came to me and were like, well, I'm, I, I'm really into the work, but it was kind of on a on a one-to-one -one kind of secret mm -hmm. down low level. And we ha I had great conversations, but um, publicly there was like zero, zero syllables. Whereas in Europe, it was um, a lot of, a lot of press on it. And so I was able to have a really, um, um, ne not neutralizing, but um, kind of formative experience with the work. It like allowed me to develop with the work in a different way. Um, and in terms of um, the, that, that, that moment of me too in 2017, I think it's that, I think that has like the fear around that has passed. And I think a lot of women and men have, 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 you know, come to terms with like, what, what is it to look at all of these situations and understand that this exists in our culture and that just because you are seeing something similar in, in television, in art, in, in literature, you don't necessarily have to condemn those things. It's more about asking questions rather than making judgments. I think that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. So the current moment, I feel like people are more curious. I have shows planned and everything with with people who are really um open and so that tone has shifted interestingly yeah I mean I don't even I feel like when I was it seems like you've been showing a lot yeah I don't think that person was right although maybe like there's a grain of I don't know there's just there is a lot of like rigid ideas about what's good and what's bad I think kind mm -hmm. of flying around mm -hmm. right now Mm -hmm. I don't know that it's so focused on sex per se, but um, I don't, I think, like, also, I don't think your characters are, like, even though they may be kind of getting punished or beat up in a certain way, they don't seem like victims or something, like, I mean, I don't think, again, like, your, these are your fantasies or your visions and, and, and so, yeah, there's a, uh, I never feel like, actually, we should feel bad for these characters or something like that. Like, yeah. maybe that's part of the cartoon nature of it, too, that it's not real. It's a kind of fantasy space or something. Yeah, I think, I mean, unlike certain, unlike, you know, violence we see on I don't know, pick a, t pick a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, um, I think like I, I, and as I was talking about the hand, my hand earlier and drawing, um, I feel like I have, I have like a, not necessarily precision because they're cartoon 
esque, but there's a style and there's a love and there's a passion behind the hand that's there. I'm not doing it to like, you know, it, I don't think to me it looks like some exercise in expressionism, for example. Um, but it like like something's channeling through me unaware. That's not my mythology. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm highly conscious of what I'm doing and highly articulated of about how I draw it. So right. that kind of I think that comes from a, a place of like passion and excitement and 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 fantasy rather than one of like look at the look at how terrible like I'm reporting from the front lines of a violent situation like that's yeah. not really where I'm at so I'm hoping people look at it with like love and sexiness and fantasy yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah that's true like your style of making images is very clear and I feel there's you have a real clarity of why maybe of your desires and of why you want to make this work too like you don't yeah. you're also a very strong and articulate woman like you're not I don't see you as being like just like yeah stumbling into this or something right. <laughs> although sometimes I fantasize about stumbling like yeah <laughs> so yeah I think I mean I I mean we we both know you know there's a lot of were a lot of art and a lot of work painting made by women who that has been about sexuality for hundreds of years right so it's it's been interesting to look at that and and think about how that so the touch the contact between the artist and the surface adds so much emotion or tone to what's being depicted and for me that's and and for you probably in in your painting it's so clear like yeah. the t- your sensitivity is so much a part of how you're depicting these objects and these women's faces and the h- hair everything so i think i don't know i'm i'm hoping that that that's qualifying as much into so even though my style is more hard edged perhaps or gorgeous yeah. declarative i feel like that is a gesture as well and mm-hmm. that's part of the vocabulary of the work so yeah Totally. Yeah. Um, and some of the, it's interesting, some of the images that are more kind of like contrasting, like I was looking at, like there's one where a woman's wearing like headphones and just like crying or mm-hmm. there's an image with like a mother and daughter and, and she's like brushing her hair. Like those are interesting counterpoints or something, or they mm-hmm. add a little bit of a like wrench or something into things. A wrench. Um, Can you I don't say know. more about that? Like they just maybe add different emotional layers or something. Like I in some ways they're more um well the crying one I like a lot. It's it's it feels like I don't know again what the story is. Like I don't know why she's crying. Um she's listening to music maybe, but I like mm-hmm. Just, um, I guess there's a different kind of vulnerability in that one. And then with the mother-daughter, I feel like there's like, and the daughter's like tied up a bit. Like, then I kind of wonder about like, maybe like where some of this came from. Like, I don't know if you're, I'm very, I'm in psychoanalysis. So I'm very interested in like all of that stuff. And I wonder if you're interested in that in your work or in kind of, where the where the origins of this kink might have come from or something yeah yeah that's interesting that you say that I haven't been asked so much about 
that character and that show in um, it's called Up to Your Neck in um, in Cologne and uh, that particular show was about one character named Amy who's mm. I made who I made these twelve drawings about her life and um, uh, it's a it's one of the only like long longer serial continual continuous narratives that I've done so far. I, I really look forward to making more, but I think those might be more in book form or I don't know. But anyway, in terms of psychology, um, yeah, it was like the idea of what is nurturing mm. and what is like, what is a nurturing, loving touch? And then what context does that occur in? So that painting you're talking about is like the mom who's kind of sexy herself. Mm-hmm. It's like, brushing her daughter's hair and kind of just chatting at her. And then there's a a really violent looking dog, family dog, Mm -hmm. and the daughter's like tied up and she's hypersexualizing big boobs and Mm -hmm. and big bottom. Um, And it's like a nice sunny day in her pink bedroom, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just like this idea of, I like the extreme, uh, I like the contrast, um, but I also wonder like what kind of, you know, what, what the, the idea of nurturing and the different forms it can take. And the, this character undergoes, like that, that woman is her mother and is in a few of the panels in that show. And her parents have this ritual of, you know, beating her like when she comes home and then later in the series, they take her out to this shed and they use the sander on her and she's kind of bruised, but it's also kind of a it's ritualized, right? It's, it's repeated. Yeah. And so she, and, and she's not like the character's name is Amy. She's not like, um, like you said, she's, she's kind of victimized, but at the same time she's being trained. And later in the story, she joins a roller derby and then ends up like consensually going on this boat trip with these captives mm-hmm. that kidnap her voluntarily. And she's, she's consents to it and all this stuff. So I'm not sure where I'm going psychologically with it, but I like this idea of telling a story about a woman's body in this way. Yeah. You know? and it's partly mm-hmm. my story. I mean, exaggerated. It takes place on Long Island where I grew up and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think through the series, I'm also exploring like personal memories or retelling your story in a way that you fantasize, you know, and it turning out in a, you know, having a um, maybe alternative kind of, happy ending, historical ending or something like that. So Mm -hmm. right. That makes sense. I'm not sure if that's the psychology you're talking about. Yeah. Well, it makes me think of like, I mean, parents are typically the first people that do punish us usually. And Mm. um, like, and maybe we feel helpless often in those relationships when we're young. And then as an adult, you can maybe yeah, find a way of eroticizing that or or retelling the story in a new way. Yeah. 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 I think so. I think I think um the idea so either like erotic stories or any kind of fiction or sexy fiction like um I don't know if it's necessarily porn. It could be that too. I mean, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of um um there are some web some producers now porn producers who are like you know recruiting oh I forgot the name of I think there's one German woman and I forget her name unfortunately but um she has people you know make their own sex films and tell their own stories and collects those and produces them um I think that's really 
incredible. I love this idea of like, you know, you staging yourself. Um, yeah. That is a big part of kink. Or is that, a, is that not a part of everyone's sex life? I think that probably is, whether they're aware of it or not. Like yeah. how you cast yourself. Right. You know? Yeah. The star of your own movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if only it were always so awesome, right? Where everyone yeah. is like putting on their costume. and. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems like there's a, yeah, I, again, I'm not an expert on kink, but it seems like there is a kind of higher degree of, of production or theatricality to it, which is interesting. Like it's kind of a, yeah, more ritualized. There's costumes and like, <laughs> like props maybe also. Oh yeah. For yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. I think, um, there are there are well loved tropes of of kink, obviously. Um, but then, I mean, the the stories maybe not just kink kink context, but like I think just stories that involve like some coming of age, like a really important turn in mm. someone's life. Um, not necessarily teenager necessarily, but like becoming an adult or being an adult, and the idea of like you know what does it mean to be mature physically or emotionally and what does that have to do with submission and domination mm-hmm. right so that kind of struggle of becoming whether it's like becoming a good human being a mature adult or becoming completely free physically i i feel like those those things for me are are big questions i don't know how to speak about it eloquently at this very moment yeah. because it's it's forming itself so much um but i think creating the space, creating the costume, creating the persona of individuals that aren't yourself mm. um, really can help, I don't know, uh, in, enlighten, or I don't know about that word, but like try to manage some of those aspects of oneself, you know? Yeah, um, totally. I relate yeah. to that in my work too of like, like my Courtney Love paintings, I feel like are, I see as a kind of like, method acting or a trying on of a character that mm-hmm. I want to know more about or embody more mm-hmm. um so yeah I feel it I mean I think that can come into play in art a lot like in any kind of portraiture or something there's an idea of taking on someone else's life or imagining oneself into someone else's experience right yeah there's there's a big release there I think mm-hmm. um, when you don't have to um, necessarily, or you can analyze yourself if if you want to analyze yourself, or just escape into some narrative, right? And yeah. painting does it really well. Still, mm-hmm. I find. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm thinking about to like the line between like fantasy and reality in some way. I mean art kind of deals with that too on some mm-hmm. level of like the imagined or you know versus like an art object is always kind of fantasy space in a certain way unless maybe you're talking about photography but even then there's like only a partial view or something and mm-hmm. um yeah I'm wondering if you like I feel like I kind of alluded to it at the beginning but like would you want people to like 
jerk off to your work or something? Would that be like? Uh, yeah, they have. They uh, have. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because you were like more. It seems like some of your work does ride the line between an object of eroticism versus something that is more for viewing in a gallery or or where those things, yeah, yeah. merge or divide. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I th- I always I I always thought that fetish was something that referred to like a a very specific look or kind of a campy, something campy, mm. I guess, as a young person. And then I, you know, the more you are aware of your own, what, what you do disembody from its human form and then make it an object in itself, which is fetishizing something. Right. Um, I, I mean, being obsessive, like I repeat, I don't know how many times I can draw an ass being kicked infinitely. <laughs> like I will never get tired of that. You know, I'll never get tired of boobs being grabbed and squished. I will mm-hmm. never get tired of drawing that. I could draw that forever and I probably will. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think like, I think that, that for me is like examining it. Like someone called it, someone was like, you have this really visually Proustian way of like having tits being smashed. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's totally right. Like, not sure if Proustian is where I go, but like, I think that they meant like looking at all of the small movements and amplifying it with, with pencil, like things you can't do with a photograph really. Um, Exaggerations you can only make on the spot. As you know, with painting, that stuff all happens on the surface. You can't sketch that first. You can't plan at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And what you choose to exaggerate. And then when I, when I look at my work, like all together, it's, obvious that <laughs> there's some pleasure happening and there's some desire for it not to end right so it's a repetition and I think in my short stories that I've written which are certainly not literature and more about getting someone off <laughs> yeah um, I I have used words um very very simple words <laughs> over and over again <laughs> to to give someone a physical sensation so it's not about you know using a high vocabulary kind of like with the painting and the drawing it's like it's not about you know photorealism it's not about using um you know a a high-tech piece of equipment to to make a film or something it's really about simple repetitive examination of something and that causes physical response I think and I think that's pretty amazing you know yeah totally I mean it makes me think of like there's this repertoire of sexual acts that we do and but maybe like eroticism has to do with really specific kind of moments or details within that or like or um uh like it maybe isn't so much like you know and also actually I noticed like your work doesn't really seem to involve any like penetrative sex or like it's totally erotic but there's not actually I don't think we ever see sex happening like in that way which is interesting but like yeah I feel like sometimes like maybe what makes something sexy is kind of about hitting that specific nail on the head in that specific way or something (laughs) I like the I like the implication of a hammer that you just yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm not that it's so funny I was I when I I was giving a talk somewhere and they were just they asked they were like well why don't you have any 
penetration. And I'm like, it's nearly, it's not about that at this point. I mean, there's penetration of the flesh. Yeah. Of, (laughs) of, um, but I don't, I think that, um, when I'm looking at the work, I'm not sure all the time of who I am in that. Like if I'm projecting myself, I could be the one smashing or I could be the one smashed. So it's not, and sometimes it's more about like being both and being everywhere, you know, like that's ultimate, right? Like you get to the point of submission where you just physically don't even exist anymore. You're like this smoke that is everywhere. Um, And so I think drawing a sex act is like, I might do that for someone else, like to please them. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I would do it like to, as, as artwork or something that I would even really passionately like enjoy. I, and, and I, you know, this might be revealing a little too much, but I physically enjoy, let's say, <laughs> making all my drawings and, wow. and writing and yeah. 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 That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I love that. Um, it's interesting. You know what you like. <laughs> I do. And I love that I can, I can put it in the world too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And ask people questions about the body that way. And that people actually want to look at it and engage with it in a physical way is really, I mean, I couldn't have hoped for more. That's like a dream come true actually. So Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm, I have not had that exact experience, but I, <laughs> I remember people saying they had cried watching a video of mine and I found that very like oh, wow. high regard. I could totally <laughs> see that happening. Yeah. Because there's so much like, there's so much vulnerability in those. Yeah. That I feel like mm-hmm. I've, I've been, I've been totally immersed in your videos. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't cried. I think it was in public, so I probably wouldn't have shed a tear. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think it was mostly from this one video called Adult Movie, which actually was kind of, you've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Where I did briefly do some light sex work, but uh, stripping or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which was interesting in terms of like trying on a character also or a fantasy. Like I did quite enjoy it. I mean, I only did it briefly and it mm-hmm. wasn't as lucrative as I hoped it would be but um but it was quite like liberating to be in this kind of anonymous space and be kind of like enacting this kind of like sex goddess idea or something and and finding that it could work on some level was very exciting Mm -hmm. (laughs) but what about when you're I mean do you feel the same it's a different position but what about when you're doing comedy I mean that must be really exciting Yeah, yeah, totally. I would have like a high kind of afterwards. And then I would have kind of like what you were talking about, too, of like people would because a lot of the comedy would involve sex or just like shame, I think, is a real Mm -hmm. core of comedy. And so people would be very revealing after a show and be like opening up to me in this way. That was really interesting. Yeah. It's interesting too. Like again, I don't know. I'm no expert, but I um, was thinking one thing I have read is the story of O, which is also written by a woman, and is kind of the my like the most famous kind of domination uh, book that I know of. Um, was that any influence on you, or how I, do you feel about it? 
I read it after I started making, I think I read more like contemporary or like, I, I like amateurs. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite thing to look at is like deviant art. Do you know deviant mm, art? Yeah. And all the kink stuff on there, like some of those artists are so like, they, they need to see this happen. They right. need it. And so they don't care. That is the top priority, right? And that for me has, it's, it weighs, it, it's probably the most important thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, even though the story of, I think also comes from authentic desire, actually. Mm -hmm. It was written out of love and to be uh, titillating for her lover. Yeah. Right? Um, so I think that, I, I think that that's certainly in there. Um, and um, I don't know if she, was she an amateur or was she a writer? I, I'm really bad at remembering. I don't know. I was just looking it up kind of, but I didn't really read what I was looking up. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I want to know now, but, but I, I think behind yeah, that, I, don't, though, I mean, I don't think desire. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like the expression of something intense and you, you need to say it. You know, you, you have to see it visualized, you know, it's kind of childish, but that's the, that's the best part about it. It's uncontrollable and right. possibly completely shameful. Like when, when Hester was like, Hey, why don't we print some of those stories? I never thought those stories would see the light of day. Like I was mortified. Right. Yeah. And th then they read them out loud, <laughs> you know? And so I thought, and then the scholar in Cologne did that too. And they're like, do you want to hear the recording? And I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> I can't. Um, so I, I think I, yeah, I think culturally for sure was influenced by the, by the, by how powerful um, the story of O is. Anais Nin also, some, someone mm -hmm. else also. I love that, you know, those stories were, I mean, there are some that are just completely crazy and excellent because it's mm -hmm. just like playing with really, um, I think what at the time was perversion or whatever, like yeah. um, incest or age play. And I think mm -hmm. it was just like totally taboo stuff she was working with. But um, again, saying, you know, I mean, these desires, these human, you know, whatever is in our mind, you know, is uh, individually our life experiences and all of the, um, how our sexuality is so linked to what our bodies have been through is, you know, is timeless and can be made into these beautiful, like art, like written and visual seductions. That's really fascinating to me. I think everybody should, should draw what they want physically. Yeah. You know? I've been thinking about it more like time. I think I've had this idea of doing an erotica, like paintings. I mean, I've done a lot nice. of work around sex before, but I'm never like fully committed to like a whole, like, I've never really gone into it more deeply in painting I would say and but mm -hmm. I'm curious I'm, I'm I've been thinking about it for a while and I feel like I might tie it <laughs> well wait a minute didn't you have an anus painting oh yeah <laughs> but I didn't I don't know I mean yeah that's maybe I mean I think sex has been a thread in my work a lot mm -hmm. in different ways but somehow I don't know the idea of maybe it's kind of a solitary thing the butthole painting <laughs> like mm. I don't know I'm still figuring out how I would do it I guess is part of it but I think I should just try it more oh totally yeah just draw just draw the whole thing out and yeah see what <laughs> um what was I gonna say um 
Oh, this thing you said about like how yeah, the deviant art artists just kind of need to do it. Like yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Like because I think that's maybe part of what's so intense about sex itself too is like really coming to terms with a feeling of need, like you need something and even the helplessness of that kind of like you need someone to do something to you that you can't do to yourself. Or thinking, or, or thinking that you have to, but that you've been told what your needs are socially Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that you need to have those needs. And those are the needs that you can articulate publicly. If you're going to work, if you're going to, if you're going to function in this place, you know, and then to, to be able to, it's really clearly other humans have realized that freeing yourself means, you know, expressing anything like your, whatever deepest desire there is, or picturing yourself in those situations. is, you know, where people get off. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that, that, that folks on DeviantArt who artists on there who are just like, just channeling that and, and, and an artist too. Like, I don't think there are as many like who, or who may, I don't know, maybe, I don't know what you think about that. Like in terms of art, as we know it, as we've been trained to make art, I don't know how much of that is like, has that that same intensity yeah, I, know. I was someone was just massive I like posted a drawing I had made that was like a sexual drawing last mm-hmm. night and someone was talking to me about like oh do you like this artist and I was like they're okay and like <laughs> I was trying to think of other artists I do like that are that deal with that and I was kind of blanking on it but I feel like there must be I mean someone I was this is not I don't really categorize her work as about sex, but I was remembering we had this little exchange about Maria Lasnig and about her ideas about translating bodily yes. feeling into image. And yes. that is really cool. Yeah, she went about it, I think, quite, if I'm correct, quite systematically in that mm-hmm. she painted the parts of her body she could feel. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why there are big chunks of it that are left out. Which is amazing. <laughs> yeah. um, but as and, and she supposedly was quite an intense individual. So she had a lot of physical presence, um, I think. Um, I never I never had the pleasure of meeting that artist. Um, but hearing people talk about their experiences meeting her, um, what she was tra- what she was translating in the work was exactly, you know, what they understood about her. And I really like that rawness. I think, I think you're right. I think it does have that edge to it. Another artist, Mm -hmm. Dorothy Iannone. Oh yeah. She's great. I love her work. Yeah. Her work. I mean, even though it is, well, yeah, no, it's autobiographical. Yeah, totally. And some of it was even made for her lover, Dita Roth or. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, She's she's a huge inspiration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, she's like kind of, I feel like she, I guess she doesn't do comic books per se, but there's a kind of cartoon or comic element in a way of her style. For sure. Her books, her books have tell these incredible, you know, stories that, um, that are, I guess they're, they're physically organized in some cell type of mm. organization like rectangles but she has this really decorative elements around them um yeah there's yeah. a lot of text too that's right mm-hmm. yeah like diary like their their diaries yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 
I was, I was trained in the nineties. So, you know how that was, it was like identity and the -hmm. people around me were making work about themselves. Um, A big influence on me was an artist named Lyle Ashton Harris, who also teaches, I think at NYU still, Um, I did my undergrad there. So um, Mm -hmm. I, Ah. yeah, was, um, got a great opportunity to work with people who were teaching at NYU, like Lisa Yuskavich and Matt mm-hmm. Levenstein. Um, so many artists who were working with the body. Um, yeah. So it was encouraged to put autobiography in art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of where I came from too. Although I feel like it was, um, wasn't always encouraged. I mean, I think I had some professors who encouraged it and some, I remember some students having like really, negative response to it like being very threatened by it for some reason or feeling like that's not that shouldn't be in art which I just thought was so strange mm-hmm. and confusing because it's in like every other art form basically yes. <laughs> um but I do think about like it I do I guess sometimes I wonder about I mean, I think all my work is very autobiographical, regardless of whether it's literal or not. And I usually read work through a kind of psychological lens in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is something also like, I think kind of what you're going back to what you're saying about character of like, also forgetting yourself or maybe inhabiting something that's not so literally yourself or something Mm -hmm. like there's something that appeals to me about that too but I would say it would still be autobiographical just in a more in a more indirect way or something yeah I always wondered that that's your as you were talking it makes me think about um you know I don't know why I I've heard I, this stuck when someone said it because I don't know if it's true or not, but like, um, well, once I was in an erotica writing workshop and the, the person who was running it was like, please don't tell your own love story. They're boring as hell. And that's mm-hmm. pretty true, I guess, if you're going to write mm-hmm. a play by play, pretty yeah. mundane, but that's where your fantasy and imagination come in to amplify those things. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I, someone else once said, um, uh, please don't, you know, don't, don't tell your own story, tell a universal story. But it's like, if we're human and this is our human experience, all of our stories are universal stories, you know? So I just, that, that these um, attempts at, you know, dictating where narrative should come from, you know, I think is like, I don't know, it's, it's completely futile and it's, you know, the, the, the autobiographical story an exaggeration, we're all exaggerating that, you know, whoever we're talking to. Um, So I think, I don't know maybe people were offended by someone sharing their life public I don't know I'm not yeah. sure I mean yeah. I think there's something like feminine about it like in some I mean I don't know there's a lot of autobiographical art but I do think the idea of sharing feelings is maybe seen as like a in a fem- feminine way and in a negative way and I uh-huh. mean I think my work somehow is a direct kind of I directly want to kind of like shove my feelings in your face or something. Um, And yeah, I don't know. Um, How do you, do you feel like that's something you need to think about? Like how to translate your, your fantasies into like, do you think about your audience much or are you more thinking about your own kind of vision? I, 
I'm a communicator. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I, I like, I, I've tried to be like, stay in here and just, you know, to, I, I, but I, I definitely want to communicate with the audience. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I tried not to, but it doesn't work. Um, mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I feel like um, I am thinking about the audience and, and what, what is going to, what is going to happen when they hope, well, try to anticipate what will happen when people approach the work. And um, um, I think that complicating things is where I go to first. Like, is it sexy? No, try and make it a little more aggressive. Mm -hmm. is, it, mm -hmm. is it aggressive or try to make it a little funny or something, you know? So I think that trying to um, confuse some emotions. Um, and for me, that's realism. Yeah. Right. So I, I feel like, um, I'm trying to, you know, do something really hard, which is like, you know, maybe some great filmmakers do it well and some writers and maybe for me, filmmaking is, is a better example because you can, you can use different sense. You can use visual, um, audio, um, time when you're making a film. So I think that they're, they have a lot more tools that they could make confusing things or contrast with. Um, so when I consider the audience, I think it's mostly like where, what kind of physical posture or what kind of distortion in what kind of context will be able to provide maximum kind of confusion or mm -hmm. just, or kind of disorientation of the body. Um, and then I think when, when I make paintings, I try to use scale to have the viewer like be encountered by a body that's just about the a same physical size. Mm -hmm. um, so I think painting for me, painting and drawing have two different, um, I, I look at them in two different, you know, very, very discreet ways so that I can be more intimate in a drawing because the, the viewer's closer and maybe they can like let go and be more sensual or sexual, like seeing something be pen, uh, be impacted multiple yeah. times and maybe have a possible titillation by it. Whereas with a painting, for me, that's, it's more public. And people actually said that to me, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, when they, they would say like, I, I don't know if I could, you know, if I could walk past that painting again, I, it was amazing for me to hear that. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, it's just a painting. This is such an old medium. And you're afraid to walk past those two women colliding. Like, I think that's, it was such yeah. a pleasure for me. To, to I know. I was actually thinking about that, but in the opposite way, like it would be really interesting to like live with one of your paintings and like, yeah, be getting, because I do think they're kind of, even though there's a clarity to the scene, like we can describe it or see it, like there's a lot of ambiguity to the feeling or the intention or yeah, or who's doing what or how this happened or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me too of the difference between the paintings and the drawings. Like the paintings are like a single moment or they also have color, they're a different scale. And then the drawings are like more like sequential. And I do think more about filmmaking with them too, like mm -hmm. in the sense of different camera angles or different compositions and different... Um, you know, how close or far away you are from the action. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have any, like, I remember you said something earlier about like, which I thought was really interesting about like, who, like, who you are in it, like, if whether you're the dominator or, or the 
being dominated, or I guess in some way you're both actually, but, um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of a psychological idea. Like we're all, we all have the oppressor and the oppressed of us or something. Yeah. Um, but like, do you, like, I think when I think about filmmaking, I think about camera angles and why they're positioned to make us, you know, see different power dynamics and stuff. And mm-hmm. do you have, do you have any wish about what you want the viewer to identify with like Hmm. when they look at it sometimes I mean when I'm making the work from like a purely um like a point of personal pleasure and Mm -hmm. I'm just like oh I, I I need to see that body kind of like you know, there have to be many hands and we don't know whose they are and Mm -hmm. they know, I know they're human and they're going to do this. Um, and so I guess, I guess I, I don't know. There's also that idea of like, in order to know your oppressor, you Mm -hmm. have to be in their body. Right. You know, you have to, you have to know their ways. Like anyone who's ever been like bullied or oppressed or any of, we all have and in some level or another, but you, you learn quickly the ways of that individual or, or group or whatever. And so once you learn those ways, those intimate kind of uh, maneuvers, let's say psychologically, physically, um, you are able to do that and you're able to have relationship with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm speaking too abstractly here, but like, yeah, I think, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So in the drawings, I feel like I, I don't have any ideal position for the audience except to experience like how the body is being manipulated and I think it's up to them to if they want to choose where they want to be in that in that visual experience um or some people have gotten really hung up on me having put them somewhere which I think is interesting um and I'm like is that a fantasy of yours like to be placed by an artist like do you feel like you are being told what to do be embossed around by an artwork um interesting yeah Yeah. that's interesting because I don't yeah I mean while you are composing each image I don't feel a sense of being told what to think about them at all which I appreciate a lot um but that um what you were talking about with like it makes me think of kind of that the the dom or the dominator is equally kind of vulnerable or they they need the the they need the other person as much as <laughs> the submissive one needs that you know that you right. know maybe think about that but if it is a consensual situation there's a mutual need there right right and i don't something i i you know i'm not against but I'm conscious of is making that unclear mm-hmm. um, whether or not. And in fact, the idea of it, of it being blurry is part of like, where are our fantasies at? Yeah. You know, is it like, does it have to matter? Do you have to feel safe knowing that, um, that, <laughs> that drawing of a cartoony lady, like she consented <laughs> to <Yeah. laughs> being drawn <laughs> under those circumstances. Um, and so, I mean, it, it's clearly, the issue itself is fascinating and the questions around it for me are so much more interesting than s- making a statement about it. 
Yeah. Because I think for all of us, it's always, it's always going back and forth and and contending with our own desires is pretty much where, 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 where the art happens. You know what I mean? Like, like really like, like, am I going to be here and feel all this stuff happening? And am I going to let it happen? Am I going to allow myself to, to think about all of this, you know? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. The, in the new book, Never Enough, I feel like it, you do maybe kind of ratchet it up a bit by the other, by the other being a machine of some kind, or, you know, that kind of actually makes it even more ambiguous, although maybe there could be someone who's manipulating the machine also or something. Mm-hmm. But it definitely takes it to a different realm somehow. Yeah, I just want to, like, initially it was like, I mean, it was the middle, it was the beginning of COVID, and I was like, I just want to be destroyed. Like, what would be, like, a big, <laughs> like, satisfying, like, feeling, sensation? And I'm like, a big steel object, <laughs> like, smashing, you know, like, that mm-hmm. was like, I, I get, it was just like a need. I needed to see that drawn. I need to draw it. Um, and so, um, these giant, shiny, objects or pointy objects like making the body completely helpless was for me a really personally satisfying to to feel as I drew it and also to see in this kind of like like ridiculously sublime like there's all this backlight in those drawings and stuff so it has this like mm. slightly like I don't know Spielbergian weird ET moments <laughs> and yeah. just like have her pants ripped and she's being pulled into some void. Um, but it's also like, you know, it's, it's authentic. Like the feeling mm-hmm. w- is authentic and it does, it is more extreme. Um, yeah. and I wanted it to be hyper dramatic and. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't know if this is part of your intention also, but in some way I was also thinking about like, I mean, I've never, like, this time of COVID, I've never felt so dominated by, like, the government and (laughs) politicians before. And I was, like, kind of thinking about, oh, is there some angle of, like, power structures in that way or something? Like, it starts to make me think about other metaphors of what that machine might represent or something. Totally. Yeah. It could be from, sure, I didn't, uh, I, I mean, that's certainly possible that that was like you know and being in isolation yeah like so uh, living by myself at that time it's just like you know feeling like what is yeah I think that that's that was amplified right like I'm being you know told what to do by such and such institution or yeah this 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 you know non-physical entity of the the virus or mm-hmm. you know I think um yeah, I think I think the, the the objects or the machines in those drawings could be, uh, yeah, definitely touch on any of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen this? I talked about it in a last episode briefly, but do you, have you ever seen this film, The Night Porter? No, I haven't. And it's is it more recent or is it referring to an older film? It's from seventy one, I think. Okay. Um, it's also by a female director, Lillian Kavana, and mm-hmm. it's about this relationship between this young woman and who's in a concentration camp and a Nazi officer, and they like have a romance, which feels consensual to me, and then they meet again after the war, and they kind of re 
enact those roles or they return. And and I feel like it's a really dark love story, actually. Like it was very controversial and maybe still is, but like it even though it's there's these yeah, dark power dynamics, like I think it's actually a love story and it's very hot, I think also. Mm. Like I mean, I think it that's why part of I was thinking if like a really good filmmaker could bring the actual like like I don't know narrative power of like good actors and like build up and stuff and there was like sex I mean there's there's sex in it but it's not like a porno um mm-hmm. but yeah I don't know it's it's a really interesting film I, I feel like you might like it <laughs> yeah I'm interested in it I I looked I tried to find um I tried to find clips or trailers on YouTube and I saw some, but I think most of the things I found were like music videos from more contemporary. Oh, I have a YouTube link I can send you actually. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes actually. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to watch it. I just rewatched it. Like I had seen it a long time ago and I just rewatched it and I got a lot more out of it now, maybe because I'm more comfortable with the darkness or something Mm -hmm. or the ambiguity of it. But yeah, it's very it's definitely very dark. Like it's not a happy ending, but it um it does kind of end. Spoiler alert! It kind of ends in obliteration, but uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it's very sexy and and I think a really great film. Also, <laughs> yeah. Someone else who I've been rewatching it um here uh, is uh, Michael Haneke's movies like Funny Games and yeah. The Piano Teacher. And I love The Piano Teacher. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I like that one, especially because it's, I, I think it's his, well, not that I'm an expert on him, but I, I find it the most empathetic of his films. Like I feel more for mm-hmm. the characters and I feel like there's more of a psychological, like I feel like kind of in funny games, he denies that there's any reason why the, uh, I don't know what you call them, the, the, pun, the, Mm, what do you call the people they captures captures I guess yeah why they would be doing what they're doing and I remember that made me really angry at the time although I would I haven't seen it like I'd be curious I feel like I've changed a lot since I saw it last time but but I really liked piano teacher and how kind of complex everyone is in it (laughs) yeah a lot of surprises in that one yeah definitely seemingly richer but I think the in interviews anyway for funny games he was saying that it was more about making the audience yeah. consider what they're looking at so more meta yeah so maybe totally. it seems it seems more abstract probably yeah totally I mean I feel like I would remember thinking like well what is what is the right response then are you supposed to walk out or something like which I saw I think I watched it at MoMA and I think some people did end up walking out and yeah. I was like, is that what you're supposed to do? Or are you supposed to just be kind of implicated and, and like feel bad about yourself or something? <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it was like, is he doming us? It's like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he kind of is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe might be more into it now. <laughs> um, let's see. Um... I feel like we covered a lot of stuff, but yeah. um, maybe just a couple more questions. Um, 
Well, I was interested in what you said about like futurism and because there is so much movement and like kind of trying to interpolate sound and and like physicality into image in an interesting way. Like there's a lot of leaps of imagination that seem like they come up in those in how to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think like. I think showing motion, I, I think a lot of, or not I think, but I looked at a lot of, um, or I have looked at a lot of erotic kink comics from the past hundred years or so. And um, for me, it was, it, I mean, a super sexy um, work done by, you know, in like some French illustrators, Italian illustrators from the sixties mm -hmm. and seventies, very beautiful. Um, but they were more about the anticipation of things happening. Mm -hmm. And some of them are super descriptive, but they're, they're still, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like, I don't know. I, um, I'm also uh, one of my, to myself, one of my biggest faults is that I'm very literal <laughs> and I, I, I enjoy it li being literal, um, uh, sometimes embarrassing, but that's, mm -hmm. you know, what I do. Um, but the idea of seeing, you know, trail lines or um, some kind of like explosive um, uh, signature, like iconic explosion or something that um, is really important for me visually and to see the rippling flesh or the the, rip, the the movement of an arm. And uh, futurism had, was like, I guess, you know, so tied to like the idea of like talking about time in the early 20th century. And like they were, they were I guess the um, theory of relativity before and then thinking about that through cubism and then futurism applying that to technology and politics. Mm -hmm. I, I like all of those ideas, um, but I, I guess what I'm saying is I wasn't thinking about futurism when I started drawing. Mm -hmm. It was more about the necessity of having the viewer imagine that this flesh was being pounded and the extent and the impossible extent of the damage, but yet mm -hmm. not blood or anything like that. These, these figures are clearly like not made of flesh right right um but but have this possibility of you know visualizing a fantasy of the the flesh being able to be impacted that much yeah know? and maybe part of their like the exaggeration of their bodies like the bigness of their boobs and their butts like they are a bit indestructible in a way or they seem <laughs> <Totally>. very sturdy <laughs> yeah they could take it they yeah, could take they it, can take it. <laughs> Um, I wonder this maybe I don't know if this is too personal, but I'm just like, like, do you this part of your kink interest, like, are there clubs and things you go to? Or like, how is it more of a private experience for you? Like, I don't, I don't know the parameters of that world so well. But I'm curious, I'm curious about it, I guess. <laughs> well, luckily, I mean, there's so much available, like, uh, like on like um, online yeah. uh, in in you know right now everything is online so yeah. um so I feel like that like for me I would say the world of it has been relatively private like I don't belong to a club or anything like that um mm -hmm. I was doing volunteer research on kink and and 
you know, reading about a lot of clubs and I have been to a lot of clubs and, but I haven't, or parties, should I say, but I haven't like, I don't consider myself part of any community, so to speak, not mm-hmm. because I don't want to, it just hasn't, it's not convenient for my life. Um, yeah. But I think um, what I also love and the same kind of, I think this might align with um, how I have like this, there's a, I have a soft spot for this naivete of experience and these artists who are so desperate, they just have to have it. Mm -hmm. I think that the homegrown, home formulated, um, like using home objects, I'm not really Mm -hmm. that into fetish gear necessarily. I just love the idea of like that desire being so strong that you just take whatever's around and like, you know, do what you need to do. Um, (laughs) And so I think that um, that comes from, a rich fantasy life <laughs> and um and being you know and listening to a lot of stories and reading and looking at a lot of things um so yeah i don't i'm not like um i wish i were more of a community gal i'm just not it's just i'm more of an introvert than that yeah <laughs> me too yeah. that's interesting though about yeah like the kind of ingenuity of like turning things that are not supposed to be kinky into like kink gear is funny kind of surrealist actually (laughs) yeah and and of also I think along the same lines like that's why I don't like none of my paintings or characters in my drawings are in fetish gear or anything like that it's all everyday kind Mm -hmm. of normal situations and I think at first I wanted to like bring attention to the fact that we are always in power dynamic. We're always in relationship with people, Mm. power relationship. Um, So that, I think that possibility or understanding that in every interaction is a really interesting way to go through life, not to put people against, because it's not always about that. It's not always a contrast. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think um, it's, I don't know, a prop, it's a proposal of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was making me think about also like just again this thing of like how your work can reach different audiences like some of which may be art audiences some of which may be more like people into kink and how there's something very nice and kind of egalitarian about that like it doesn't I mean it that it can live in both worlds and it is very accessible in a certain way if you're you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think it, it can, like we say, touch on existential things, but it can also be just very direct and kind of pleasure about pleasure or pain or both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Ex- I think it's, you know, just the excitement of feeling a sensation for the first time and not knowing what to think about it. Like, do I like, is that liking something? Is that hating something? Do I, do I need to hate something to like it? Or, you know, like all of those, I just love that, that being in that space of not knowing. Um, and then, you know, once you cultivate like what you're, or, or, or I think it's not cultivating, I think it's paying attention, really. Mm-hmm. Um, paying attention to what your sensations are and and what brings you pleasure. But that word pleasure has become totally um empty lately so I, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want I'm just using it to indicate <laughs> a good feeling a yeah thing that you like maybe you like it um but uh it's 
it could be taboo or not, you know, it doesn't matter, but just like paying attention to that. And then without the, the labeling of I'm supposed to like this thing and I'm not supposed to like that. Um, yeah. Being in that space. It gets into, again, the kind of, for me, what I relate to kind of spiritual or Zen or something where it's like, like John Cage and talking about like, why is this, why is this noise not music and this one is or something, you know, like maybe it all is if we decide it is or something, like it actually expands your idea of pleasure if you are not labeling things as good or bad or something. Right, right. And if you can. Um, you can try to, and this is hard, and I don't know if I should say that or not, but like, if you can try to not to experience your body where it is Mm -hmm. and it's hard to do it now because of, you know, whatever we, we have so much access to what's going on in the world. If we, if we let ourselves, you know, read more than two minutes a day um, to try and depoliticize your body so that Mm -hmm. you can take you can experience yourself, you know, and not bring like, I don't know, all this unnecessary kind of the burden of external meaning mm-hmm. onto yourself. Uh, I feel like it's to me what you're saying. It sounds like in a way the difference between kind of self-consciously thinking about your body and actually being in it and just, yeah, yeah, not just ex- feeling rather than thinking kind of. Yeah. And I understand that, you know, and be trying to be mindful that, you know, I have the privilege of depoliticizing my body. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, t- I'm aware of that, even though I, you know, I, I know that I'm aware that I'm speaking from a place of I'm allowed to make work about my body being destroyed or people who look like me being hit and things like that kind of without fear of mm-hmm. being judged or or um, being, you know, politicized, and I I understand that. Um, so maybe saying maybe you know saying like depoliticize your body is a position that not everybody can have. Um, mm-hmm. But I I don't know. I still think that I guess what I'm saying is the personal experience of your body is also, and this has been discussed recently too. Like a way of empowering yourself is to yeah. understand what your pleasure is. Yeah. Yeah. And you actually, regardless of what other people want to put on your body, it is Mm -hmm. actually your jurisdiction or what, like you actually do get to decide how to feel about it or what to do with it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are there, any things that are inspiring you right now or giving you pleasure in life (laughs) aside from your work like it could be like do you look at other art or other things to get inspiration yeah I think film I think film um is really uh important um for me I'm like I said uh, Hanukkah or um I don't know, old, actually, I was looking with my boyfriend, we were looking at like old Tom and Jerry episodes, (laughs) or like, um, any kind of like, super exaggerated, um, um, very simple types of almost, well, deceptively simple things where, you know, the power dynamics are totally exaggerated. Yeah, (laughs) Um, that to me is really inspiring. Um, 
And yeah, maybe I'm, I'm a big fan of classical music. I love mm-hmm. the audio experience of like intense players, intense, like um, there is a woman, uh, a female violinist named Julia Fisher, mm-hmm. who is like she that is that to me is like a level of intensity I really connect with like to see her body be a, one person one human be able to make that kind of sound uh, with an instrument um, is I don't know how I can't articulate what the reasons are but she and I mean several others um, Daniel Lozakovich is another violinist who I'm really really into um, and I don't know why it's it's violin soloist, but that's where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but classical music has been like uh, uh, inspiring for me for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Cool. That makes yeah. me wanna. I don't usually listen to it, but that makes me wanna try it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we can't go see it. Right. That's where that's where I like fell in love with it. Was like you know at the LA Phil very regularly by myself, just like absorbing. Um, I, I can't live without it now. Unfortunately, we have to, but I yeah. hope we can get back to that soon. Yeah. Yeah. You should definitely watch The Night Porter because there's amazing scene. I mean, it's not, it's like they, so the woman and the, the guy is a night porter after being mm-hmm. a Nazi and, and they, her husband is like a um, composer or something. Mm-hmm. And so they she's at this opera where he's, doing his thing and the guy comes into the theater and they just like are having this really intense look at each other while the intense music is playing and it's like a really very erotic scene although nothing actually happens except for this looking uh-huh it's cool <laughs> yeah cool that's right oh you know who else I've been it's not erotic but me but it's it's a psychological I may you'd really be into mm. this artist um uh, a Japanese artist named Junji Ito, a cartoonist. Oh, horror! Like really famous Japanese horror comic. I don't know that, but it sounds up my alley. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, I'll forward you some names. Um, yeah. Of books. Yeah, I've been sending them as gifts like everywhere lately because because <laughs> oh, cool. it's just like it's a real. I mean, any I think any Japanese person will probably know Junji Ito's yeah. work. I love the Shunga, um, those like images too are awesome. Yeah, I have cool. a book of those. Yeah. <laughs>